Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello, everyone. Good afternoon. Welcome to Redman News. I am Ross Chanley, once again joined by Jack Gill to bring you your latest Liverpool news rumours uh, and just some other bits that are going on to try and entertain ourselves until football returns on Saturday. Jack, have you picked your German team yet? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going with Timo Werner FC. I, I know uh, Red Bull have kind of ruined the Bundesliga a tiny bit, but, you know, I've got to watch this man more in the hope that he joins us. Um, I'm going slowly, slowly crazy, though, Ross. Obviously, Sky are doing everything they can to, to fuck up my day with the bad internet as well. Um, so, you know, I can't wait for the Bundesliga to come back. Oh, well, if I lose you, I'll just talk to myself then. Um, if you're watching this on Facebook or Twitter and you've got any questions or comments, go over to the YouTube and get them in. If you're watching this on YouTube, get some questions and comments in and Tom will collect them and we'll get through as many as we can towards the end. But you are here for some news. Uh, an exclusive which broke yesterday. Premier League matches set to be played at the usual stadiums as police decide clubs can host games if they cover the cost of keeping fans out, putting football a step closer to returning. Uh, we spoke about this yesterday. Me and Ben was like one of the complications was neutral venues and I think it was more than half the teams that apparently were opposed to it so this is one of the things that they decided on to move forward uh, I think there's a few more steps um, to, to, to get there um, but games can be played at original venues as long as a number of criteria are met the country's top football official had initially told those complaining about the loss of home advantage to get a grip uh, however Mark Roberts took a more conciliatory tone on the matter on Tuesday um, Jack this this doesn't bother me. I tried to make a point yesterday. As I made the point, I completely forgot about it. Um, but I'm going to reiterate that. And the sense of doesn't bother me in the sense of I think because there's no fans there, it doesn't make a difference. But I think it plays a small psychological step in those players of being in that environment of like the home changing room and, and doing what they want. Um, you know, more so for the for the the teams that are in a relegation battle. And my caveat was, well, as long as you're not putting an extra strain on NHS, you're not taking an ambulance, nurses, doctors, and all that stuff away from you know. The pandemic, which is still, you know, in this country, is just a, a joke, as, as we're all aware, and it's still very dangerous. Uh, sorry, joke in the sense of how it's been handled. Um, so I can understand why players and clubs kind of want that. So you know, it's not, it's not like it's, it's not, they're not saying it for a financial gain because there's no money involved in it. In that sense, is there? No, absolutely. And this is the thing. I don't. I don't necessarily think. Obviously, as you say, I don't think it's a brilliant news. I don't think it changes anything. Like football is still going to be far from normal. Um, as, as you said, there's still going to be no fans in the ground, so it's still going to be very weird. However, it's a step in the right direction. It's another. It's, it's one less thing for 
for fans of other clubs and, and for, for other clubs themselves to to stop moaning about, do you know what I mean? And, and that's the thing. I know there's been a lot of issue around this neutral venue sort of thing and there's been clubs supposedly at the bottom end of the table moaning about it and the integrity and stuff like that. And that just this just gets rid of another problem um, or pr- problem in, a, in a inverted commas. Um, but, you know, as, as you say, it's, it's very difficult because football is still f- going to be far from normal. Um, so it's not really big news. Um, but I suppose it's good news because, as I say, it, it is one less thing for, for these clubs to stop sort of moaning about. And, and one thing that, you know, may bring disintegrity, that is the word that a lot of people um, keep mentioning during all this. Maybe that this is one way that can maximise that in, in the current climate. Yeah, but hopefully so. Um, some transfer news now is another piece. Uh, from Daily Mail, Liverpool set to return raid of Red Bull Salzburg as they eye £26 million teenage midfielder Dominic something. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. If you want to go at home, you go for it, you entertain yourself. Uh, after swimming for Takumi and Minamino on a cut price deal, um, the, I think he's Hungarian. Um, but Liverpool reportedly eyeing another uh, Red Bull Salzburg star just four months after bringing Minamino to Anfield. Uh, they have now joined the race along with several European giants and 19-year-old midfielder Dominic something or other, according to reports in Italy. Arsenal, Borussia Dortmund, Leipzig are also interested in the 26-man-rated Hungarian international claim Tuto Sport. Um, Jack had a quick look at him on, on transfer marked. Um Left midfield, attacking midfield, central midfield. He's got a little bit of versatility about him. He's young. I mean, you know, he, he fits the bill in in that sense, doesn't he? You know, being young, he's not... I don't think Liverpool are going to be doing deals for 60, 70, 80 million pounds. Well, we don't know what's going on at the minute. But, you know, the price, the age, the experience, the position, you know, the versatility, he ticks quite a lot of boxes there, doesn't he? Yeah, first Southampton and now the Red Bull group. You know, it's it's one of them where I think if somebody fits the clock mould at the minute, they're being linked to to Liverpool. And you know, I think it's it's one of them situations where obviously we've seen in the past we like doing deals with Red Bull, and and that's both Leipzig and Salzburg. We're obviously apparently supposedly very highly interested in Timo Werner. We bought team uh, we bought Minamino in January um, and as you say he does fit the mould so it, it wouldn't surprise me if he is a player we are interested in um, but but yeah I'm, I'm not going to try and pronounce his name or, or anything like that because I struggle with Kajana Hoover so you know I've got told you off struggle with a lot of names Jack uh, absolutely so I'm not, I'm not going to bother trying to pronounce it um, but maybe I should get practice in it if it is to happen so yeah we, we should see uh, moving on, a bit of a strange story. Um, this this is this is from from this morning. This is from Goal. Uh, at the start, it was almost a joke. Ex Liverpool forward Chipper Cisse serious about uh, league art return to reach 100 goals. Uh, the former red striker is stuck on 96 goals. I think he's I think he's 30. 38, yeah, 38 years old. Uh, the Frenchman swapped football to focus on a, a career as a DJ in 2017. Uh, he made brief comebacks with Swiss side Verdun and Italian Minos Vicenza, uh, having initially retired in 2015. However, the 38 year old who earned 41 caps and claimed the 2003 Confederations Cup with France, as well as winning the Champions League and FA Cup, Liverpool and Super Cup, uh, is determined to make a comeback. Um, well, first of all, it's just a bit, bit of strange timing, Jack. And like he must have huge OCD. If he's gone. I'm on 96 goals. And like, why? Why would you do it now? He must be like the rest of us. He must be fucking bored and gone. Tell you what, I'll do. I'll just, I'll just go and score four goals. Then what? Then who, who's going to employ someone who just wants to score four goals? Like, I would, I'd love to score one goal for Liverpool. 
Like, do you know what I mean? Employ me on that basis. I mean, it would irk you if, if you were stuck on 96 goals, but it's, it's one of them. That whole article is very bizarre. The Gibral C saying is very bizarre how it talks about how obviously you finish career early to, to pursue a career in DJing. Just just a very baffling guy, Gibral C say, but. I'd call, you know, him, I'd call him eccentric, not baffling. I think he's got his own clothing range as well, so, you know, he's. he's you know, he's dabbed his hand in a few things, and he's good at it as well. Yeah, extremely eccentric, and and it's one of them situations I think where obviously he's he's a f- fantastic player, and we've seen that over the years. But you know, I, I think as you say, in the current climate, it's it's a weird time to to do this. However, you know, there may be some clubs that obviously I, th- I think one of the things he said at first is that he'd, he'd even play for free just to get these four goals. It may be something that one of these clubs are desperate for at this time. They need a striker. They need someone that actually might be willing to play f- for free or for for cheaper. Right, but if you're if you're in a relegation battle and you are a player in there and your club brings in Gibral Cissé and you end up going on the bench because he fancy scoring four goals, you'd be pretty pissed off, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's, it's not going to happen, you know, no. but it provides a, a bit of a laughter in these times. So, yeah. imagine and To be that... fair, for an ex-Liverpool player, I think 96 is pretty fitting that you're stuck mm-hmm. on it, to be honest. I think that's, you know, kind of resembles something. Uh, another funny fact, he bought a house in Cheshire and he changed his name to the Lord of Frodsham because he bought that house. Little, little nugget of knowledge there for you all. Uh, moving on, Premier League training restrictions are in place uh, under Project Restart. Uh, I think Tom has put the title of this. So tackling has been banned um, for now for in training, um, but official protocols sent to players and managers on Tuesday and obtained by the BBC revealed that social distancing must be strictly observed. Corner flags, balls, cones, goalposts and even playing surfaces will be disinfected after each session. Uh League bosses hope training can begin on Monday, restricted to 75 minutes. Um, so, yeah, Jack, I kind of understand all that because, you know, the same with anyone in, in this world right now. You know, if you go, you ever go back to work, you want to make sure that measurements are in place to to make sure that, you know, that you're safe, that, you know, by the time you go home, that you're clean, you know, away from the virus as much as possible before you go back to your family. So, you know, it all makes sense to me. That's that's the thing for me. I, I know I spoke about this before, but it's it's more thinking that you're safe at the minute. It's more making sure that people think they're safe to to fulfil their duties, to go back to work, to do all them sorts of things. And you know these steps may seem borderline ridiculous at times, but actually these steps are also very important in in moving forward with with tackling this virus. Um, pardon the pun there, um, but obviously. I think it's one of them where obviously you see on Twitter people go banning banning it in training, but obviously it'll be allowed in games. But actually, as as I say, it's just that one step forwards. And and we've seen Danny Rose and Raheem Sterling say their worries the other day. And and obviously they are. Did you see Danny Rose's comments yesterday, Jack? Yeah. What what do you make of him? It's it's one of them where I, I I think. I've got to be careful here because I think Danny Rose is always quite outspoken when it comes to issues within the game and, and sometimes it, it, it can go a, a bit one way and it can seem a bit extreme but in this in this side of things I completely understand where he's coming from um, I, I can understand in a sense that he's obviously human as the rest of us and, and obviously when we all saw that Boris Johnson statement and the other day it was all very confusing and, and very angering um, but I I think from 
Danny Rose's perspective, obviously, yes, it's ridiculous, but we need to step in the right direction in order for this world to get back to some kind of normal again. And, and that includes footballers right now. Um, and, and you know, it, it will be very slow. We've seen football won't necessarily resume till the, the very earliest of the 1st of June. And, and it will be very slow. And as we as we can see at the minute, there are some very strange restrictions on it. I know you can't travel to, to training when, when it will be allowed again. You can't travel together. And, and obviously we know at Liverpool there are a few players that car share and, and stuff like that. Lovren and Salah often do it and, and stuff. But I, I, I think it's a step in the right direction. And, and look, in, in the world, a lot of people are, are going back to work today, which which is massively commendable within itself. And there are loads of worries surrounding that within itself. Um, so if, if that can happen, then footballers can start slowly getting back to normal and slowly start going back to training with obviously a lot of safety precautions. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, yeah, no, I'm Danny Rose stuff. I, I agree with you, actually. I think I didn't have a problem, and this is in danger of sounding like a parent, I didn't have a problem with what he said. I had a problem with, with how he said it. Absolutely, yeah. And, like, I don't know, it's a totally parent thing to kind of say. Like, I, I understand where he's coming from in that sense, but to kind of just disregard everybody else and, like, you know, I'm not pressuring him. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To kind of go back and stuff like that. But, you know, I think it's more so the media and the government that are pressuring them more than anyone. Um, so, you know, I, I can understand him defending himself, but I think he just could have worded it uh, a lot better. Um Final piece, this is from yesterday, but I didn't have time to cover it on the news because um, we were just chocolate with everything else. Uh, Liverpool worked to resume on the £50 million Kirby base without a timescale for completion, um, just because, obviously, Boris said, you know, if people can't work for a moment, they should be going back to work, but don't go on transport, don't go back to work, do go back to work, whatever. Um, but this is just a good sign that they're going to continue with that. I think they've got like a year extension on Melwood, so there's no rush to, to go back to this chat. But, you know, just uh, just a, I wanted to end the news on a positive, really, and kind of say, well, you know, this, this training complex is getting finished. And again, the same thing will be there as it will be at Melwood or, you know, all the train grounds up and down the country. Safety precautions will be in place before they go and do that. I think there's a limited number of builders that can go in. So, you know, it's going to be progress, but it's going to be very slow progress. Um, but, you know, Liverpool, got, you know, some of the players to look forward to as well, I suppose, isn't it? 
Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, everything's uncertain at the minute. And, and as you say, that message the other day was far from clear um, in terms of what's going to happen. And, and you know, I, th- I think at the end of the day, it would be very wrong for the club to say, right, we want this done by then again, um, when actually Boris doesn't know who he wants in work or, or anything like that at the minute. So it, it's very uncertain and, and everything in the world right now is very uncertain. But as you say, it's a bit of a bit more positive positivity for us to look towards and, and go you know what we will be moving to this complex soon and, and it's still going underway and it's still slowly but surely and getting to what we want it to be um, and, and you know as you say we got that year extension on Melwood and, and you'd hope that it would be done within a year but as I say right now I think it's very hard to comment on on timescales and, and anything like that when I, I don't think absolutely anyone in the world can tell you what's going to be happening this time next month let alone this time next year yeah well, true um Let's get some of your comments. Klaus Benston says playing at home is still important, even without a crowd. I think it'll give us an advantage. Every team in the UK know how hard it is to win at Anfield, so let's keep winning at home. Probably a good point, Jack. You know, I think it's danger of being ignorant of just like Liverpool, just saying just get the two team, two two wins under our belts, or you know, if it's against Man City, I think it's just just one game and the league's ours, and then you know just kind of stop. But you know, there's an opportunity, and the mentality of the Liverpool squad will be go and get as many points on the board as you possibly can. It's an opportunity to go and break another record there, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. And it's angered me a bit, Ross. There's been obviously a lot in the news over the last few days about us playing the kids if we get the six points and stuff, which I think is utterly ridiculous claims. You know, at the end of the day, this Liverpool team was on course to break numerous records. We were breaking numerous records before. Obviously, it was halted um, temporarily. But, you know, it's it's one of them cases where, as you say, we'll get those six points, we'll, we'll be confirmed the champions, and then we'll move on to, to break numerous records. And we won't disrespect anything. We'll, we'll do what we can to get as many points as possible and, and you know I think that is the Liverpool way and, and this is why we were being compared to the likes of the Arsenal Invincibles and the City Centurions because we were on course to break points records and, and all sorts this season so you know I, I think it's one of them things where for me it's it's not just about them six, getting them six points and winning the league it's getting as many points as we can this season and you know breaking as many records as we can and, and showing that we are one of the best teams in in the, in the Premier League of all time yeah on the kids stuff like it is the least done you know, and we've won it. I think there's definitely a case where you're going to see an influx of, you know, Curtis Jones, Necker Williams, Harvey Elliott get more game time or experience. But, you know, I think that would have happened regardless. You know, you've got to get these people in. And for the main squad, you know, there's people there on appearance, goal, you know, assist bonuses. Bobby Feeney is a prime example of that. I'm not going to say, oh, listen, I'll take nine weeks off whatever it is, and then go back to football. You need to maintain fitness and, and hunger as well, don't they? Uh, absolutely. I, I think that's one of the main things as well. So you've obviously got, you look when, when City, obviously when the, the Centurions, I, I believe they started playing Phil Foden more, he got more minutes and, and stuff like that. And other young players... So he went up to four minutes instead of two. <laughs> That's 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 just what happens though. You know, people that haven't got the minutes to get a medal, but probably deserve one for for their role in the squad and stuff like that, will get the minutes. But it doesn't mean we'll disrespect them. We won't make eleven changes for every game and and play our under 18s or or anything like that. We'll still play our main squad and and it, obviously these players are hungry to play football again. As you say, they'll want to be fair, Jack. You know, the reserve team beat Everton, so yeah, absolutely. But it's it's like Mo Salah; he'll be hungry to try and get as many goals as he possibly can as as well. And, you know, he's he's nowhere; he's not near getting the golden boot at the minute. But he'll be hungry to try and chase chase that pack and try and get to the top of that too. You know what Salah's like, so and you know it's probably possible for Mo Salah. So 
I think it's one of them where these players will obviously also, these players, a lot of them will probably want football back as much as us and want to be back scoring goals as much as us. So, you know, it'll be very interesting to see what happens, but we're just not going to go out and play our under-18s in a Premier League game. No. Uh, Stephen Somerville, he said, I've heard of this guy before. He's obviously talking about the Salzburg guy, who we can't pronounce. Uh, he's talented, but we do do we need him? I don't know. As Curtis Jones, for me, has impressed a lot this season and should get the nod uh, one of them, if one of the midfielders leave. So, obviously, Adam Alana is probably one of those who's going to leave. We're well stocked in that midfield, aren't we? I think we're still waiting on, on Genie's contract. Obviously, you know, there's going to be no contract talks as of yet with all this stuff going on. Um, you know, Cater, the former Cater, you know, I think I think he'll come good. Um, but you know, how many times can can you have that argument? But you know, he's going to be able to work on his fitness in these past couple of weeks. You know, we're just we're just chocker, aren't we, in, in that position, Jack? But you know, at 19, as Gruwich as well, Minamino, I'm not sure where he's going to play. Um, Harry Wilson can play an attacking midfield role in that sense. You know what I mean? So you know, we're well stocked. So maybe it's a case of maybe buying him if it is true, loading him out or just developing someone else? Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, I, I think it's one of them where I think he's a good player, but I, I don't really see too much in it right now. Obviously, it's only one link. It, it might We might hear more about it in the next few weeks and, and months or whatever. But, you know, I think, as you say, we're quite well stacked. I, we know it's pretty much common knowledge now that, obviously, Adam Lallana will probably leave at the end of his contract and, and Curtis Jones, I, I think, is best placed to, to fulfil that role. I think... The work he's done this season and how much he's come on as a player and developed with with more responsibility for the under 23s and more time with the first team and you know being given that armband with with the youth side he's really come on as a player and I think next season being with the first team more and, and getting more minutes with the first team and more time with world-class players around him training week in week out with the first team and day in day out I think he'll improve even more so as a player and I think he is very ready to fulfill that um, Adam Alana role obviously but then it leaves, obviously, we have a less experienced player, but that's where the more experienced players in, in the squad will probably be looked up to more so because uh, to help players like Curtis Jones. Um, but as I say, yeah, I, I think he is probably in the best place to, you know, slot in if Adam Alana is to leave. So I don't think there's there's any need to sign a, a player like this, this lad that we can't pronounce. Um, but obviously, it, it would be a great addition to, to what is already a very good squad. Yeah, uh, and just finally on the tackling stuff, uh, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Rob D says, afternoon, tackling banned, could be less a, an interesting game of football chess on the pitch, and Harry Cohn says, why is it banned in training, that's so dumb, uh, I don't think it is dumb at all, I think it's just step-by-step precaution that these players have to go and take, whether they're comfortable with doing it or not, it's not going to be permanent, you know, it might be you know two, three weeks before they actually step up and they can do some, do some tackling, because they're going to have to do it before they go back into football, but you know, if I was a footballer going back into training, or you know, okay, yeah, I want to play football. I want to, I want to be tackled, but in a in a government environment, I want, I want some reassurance that I'm going to be safe. It's a necessity to tackle in your first week training back at football. I don't, I don't believe so. That's the thing. The, it's not even necessarily just for the coronavirus. These players might not be as fit as they usually are as well, and and it may avoid injuries and and, and stuff like that. But also focusing on on the coronavirus stuff. Obviously, you've had Boris's statement the other day, and and the reaction from that. Obviously, unions are all over it and and stuff like that. People don't feel safe going into work, and as we've seen from, as I said, what Danny Rose said, what Raheem Sterling has said, some players don't feel safe to return to work at this point in time as well. And and if not being able to tackle is is one of the steps that's taken to 
they're more cautious or, or something like that, then that's that's a step in the right direction and, and you know, it will make them feel safer in their workplace. So, you know, I don't think it's dumb at all, as you say, Russ. I think it's probably one of the one of the right steps at this current point in time. It does seem ridiculous, but in this current climate, it's it's necessary, really. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you very much for all your questions and comments. We will be back on Friday with some more news. Uh, if you're interested, you've got lots of stuff going on on the RedmanTV.com. I've got a chat with um, Chris Williams of the Bundesliga today, uh, catching up on what's happened over in Germany, what what is going to happen, his thoughts on uh, with the Bundesliga, how they move forward. Uh, Chris chatted to Lizzie Doyle earlier this week from the Anfield Wrap. We've got football managers back tomorrow as well. There's just absolutely loads going on. We did the subscriber Q&A yesterday. It was just... A huge, a huge laugh. Something different, something to take your mind off football. And um, don't forget to like the video, give it a share. We'll be back on Friday and we'll see you then. Ta-ra. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.